1: Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out FiveReasonsSports.com. That's spelled out F-I-V-E, ReasonsSports.com. Before we get to today's special episode, I want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is BetDSI.com. You could go there and use the promo code 5101. That's F-I-V-E one oh one and what do you do there you bet on just about anything the dolphins don't play this weekend you can bet on the bye to beat them actually you can't but you probably should be able to but you can bet on the hurricanes or against the hurricanes they play virginia tech and virginia the next two weeks and of course you can go bet on the heat and the nba no real games yet exhibition games coming up if you do that you're probably sick but you can bet the futures i believe it's 43 wins for the miami heat i'm going over i've told you that for a while, but you can go to BetDSI.com, use the promo code 5101. You can live bet in-game, so if you get it wrong at the start of the game, bet at the end of the first half, so bet on just about anything. The Panthers start on Thursday. You can bet hockey, too. 5101, BetDSI.com. And now, today's episode.
0: Welcome to 5 on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick with Alvin Sydney, a.k.a. Al 954 Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back with you here. And I've got two co-hosts with me today. Alphonse Sidney, you can follow him at ALF954. Alex Toledo, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We were three of the five people who were at Heat Media Day today at the arena that doesn't have a name at the moment. We don't want to give it a name that it may not end up having, but we were down there all day long, several hours. We actually did interviews with Eric Spolstra and six of the players, so look for those over the course of the week. We're going to spread them out a little bit, but today what we wanted to do, guys, was just get into our five big impressions. It's five on the floor on the five reasons sports network. We did a video of this with, uh, with Jenna as well. You can check that out. Uh, That's on our new YouTube channel. So we're all over the place, but I'm going to lead you guys through these. We got five major impressions that I had. And I think you guys had too, because we discussed this with a lot of the players and the coaches that we talked to. So here is number one, and I'll go to you first, Alex on this. Eric Spolstrup to me seemed more energized than he's been in years and i can't remember the last time he was this happy at a media day and when i mentioned this to him in the podcast that we did with him he said that i was not the first person to say that so here's my feeling on why he's so happy right now one uncluttered roster two has a legitimate star three no hassan whiteside to deal with do you think there's anything else and what were your impressions of eric today
2: What's funny you say that because I was 100% thinking that throughout the press conference. Uh, I'm a very anxious person myself, so I very much relate. And I can tell when other people are anxious, and he seems like he's very anxious to get going, to get training camp going. And uh, it came along even more. It came off even more when we were up close to personal in the interview. Um, But, yeah, all the things, all the reasons you said just now, honestly, it's, you know, the roster makes a lot more sense than it did last year. Uh, No Hassan, it seems like, you know, Everything actually makes sense again.
3: It, it, it just, the fact that everything makes sense is huge. And it just, I don't know if the contract extension, not like he'd ever had, you know, stability, but the contract extension, the roster making sense. And it just looks like there's a plan for the first time in a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, before, it, I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, it's been du- a Dwayne Wade farewell tour. Um, a really disappointing uh, season from some guys who you signed and you gave money to, and really, it, not that it didn't pan out, but there's been a lot of injuries, a lot of setbacks. So you got to, you have a clear, uh, you have a clear path forward, and you have, you're about a year or two away from having ultimate flexibility. And you all, and so, and you've seen what happened this summer. You don't even have to wait for free agency. You don't have to wait for cap, uh, the cap to clear up there's probably some moves that you could make right now. So, of course, I think he, he's reflecting the same thing as the Heat fan bases. It's just a ton of optimism.
1: Yeah, and the optimism comes off. And I also, you know, think the weight off of his shoulders. And it wasn't just Hassan. I don't want to just pick on Hassan here, although that clearly wore on Eric for a couple of years. But it's also other guys that he kind of had to find minutes for. So, right, like everybody liked Tyler Johnson. But you were paying Tyler Johnson $19 million, and he was not worth that contract, but you had to justify giving it to him. So you have him playing in a position with five other guys of similar skill sets or at least similar ability, but you had to find minutes for him. Then also, I know how much he misses Dwayne as a human being and obviously as a closer, but that had to wear on Eric last year too. Like every game he's got to go into thinking, okay, how are we going to give the fans a Dwayne moment tonight? And, and that's what the season really became about. And I, I don't know that that was the intent when the season started, but as it sort of it became apparent that they just didn't have the horses, it became all about Dwayne. And then you're working back Dion waiters and you had a fat Dion waiters, right? And you had a, you know, an out of shape James, Johnson. And we're going to hit on both of those guys over the course of the pod, but now those guys are in shape. Now, again, you have a rotation where you have flexibility and versus versatility instead of having so much duplication. So I think all of those things. But I will tell you, and again, I've known Eric, you know, since 96. And I kidded with him a little bit on the pod about that today. And I asked him the question. I said, have you ever considered at any point, uh, you know, just walking away? And he looked at me like I was, like I had, you know, three asked, horns on my head. He right? asked if that I,
3: was a trick question. He, and
1: then- he, he asked <laughs> if it was a trick question. I'm going to write a column about it tonight. He asked if it was a trick question. And, but, but then, you know, I think he thought about it a little bit. Because, like, he has to have gotten worn down. Like, he's been working 25 years for the same absolutely driven to, you know, balls to the wall boss that you could possibly work for with that kind of pressure in this kind of environment. For four years, he coached the most scrutinized team in the world. Yep. And, and then after that, he lost the player that made all of that happen. Then he lost the other one that made all of it happen. Then he had to work back. And then he lost another there. one. <laughs> and, and then he lost another one. So I, I just think, I, you know, it's not crazy to say that he could have been worn down by this. Plus, you know, he has a baby and he has another one on the way. And so there's a lot of stuff that's going on in his life. There was the, you know, the option to maybe go back to the Pacific Northwest at some point, maybe if Seattle gets a team. And so I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe he's thought about kind of moving on, but, but clearly at this point, why would he, right? I mean, he's in, you know, he's got stable ownership. He's got stable management. He has a role in management in the future, clearly. And he's got a pretty damn good team. And I I thought the other thing that came across guys, and this is number two is that he set the tone for this, but others kind of said it, the league has changed guys. The Golden State Warriors are not, you know, uh, you know, invulnerable in at this point. I mean, they may not even be a top four seed in the West. And as he said, the Toronto Raptors would ordinarily be the favorite because they just won the championship, but they just lost one of the three top players in the league. He he was very, I thought, very out front today about going for it, which he never is. Like I, I, I it, it took me by surprise how not cocky he was, but just kind of confident about this damn thing is wide open and, and we're going to go for it now. And we intend to win now. And if you listen to Eric enough, those are not the kind of things that he typically says, Alf, you know, any of that strike you.
3: Yeah. I mean, you normally don't hear coaches basically to reference other teams like that, especially not, um especially not uh Spo. He was, He was very direct, very specific when talking about, especially Toronto, um, talking about the fact that the East has had so much turmoil and upheaval over the course of the summer. And as somebody who has put teams together, um, large groups together over summer, he knows how hard it can be for some of these other teams. Now, yeah, the Heat, they have a new look, but most of that foundation is set. And they're just adding a couple guys like Jimmy, Hero, Myers that they believe fit their system, fit their culture perfectly. So he's probably thinking we don't have as far to go as a Brooklyn or as the Celtics or even as a Sixers trying to integrate two new starters into their lineup. Um, guys that don't necessarily play like the guys that are gone. So he sees the opportunity there. And I mean, we've discussed it before. There's – when you look at the Raptors, you look at the Celtics, you look at Indiana, and you look at Miami, there's no reason why Miami shouldn't be in a three or four seed. And a couple of different people talked about today how the goal is to be top half of the Eastern Conference going in with a home playoff series. And I, that's the goal, and I I think that they see it, the opportunity right in front of them.
2: Uh, it's, Sorry, uh, that stood out to me too uh, when – it was at Espo in the press conference about contending in the East right away. And it took him, you know, less than a second before he said, I do unequivocally so that he sees the team as a contender and it stood out, man, the positive energy that he had, it was just seeming out of his body.
1: Yeah, it does. It's just, it's, I'm not used to it. I mean, even with the, the big three teams, he would downplay those expectations quite a bit. He didn't want to go there, right? Like, he, he didn't – I mean, every the bullseye was on their back from the very beginning, and he kept talking about process, right? Like, I didn't hear as many buzzwords from him today. Like, I, I felt if, – if you've covered Eric long enough, you know there's really two Eric Spolsters. There's the Eric Spolster that does the thing in front of the cameras, which he doesn't like. He doesn't like doing radio. I joked with him about that today. He doesn't like doing podcasts. I mean – you know, he doesn't did an hour and a half with Woj again. But again, they they, they have you know they work from a, they come from a similar agency or the same agency, and, and obviously Woj has a national profile. But he doesn't typically like doing those kind of things, and but then there's the Eric expulsion on the side, and that Eric expulsion is a little different that Eric Spolstra's language is a little bit more colorful, that Eric Spolstra, you know, is a little bit more open about what he thinks about players on the team, although he's always careful not to criticize guys directly. Uh, and and you know that one of the things that he does, I think very effectively as a head coach publicly is he will criticize collectively, but praise individually at times, which I think is what the good coaches do because they make sure that their guys on the team are all with them. But there are really two two Spolsters in that sense. I thought we only got one today. I didn't, I didn't feel like we got the careful watching every word, giving you a bunch of buzzwords, Eric Spolstra. I, I thought that he, he knows who he is now. He knows where he stands among coaches in the NBA. He has a four-year extension. He's got a roster he likes that's more to his liking that is not the roster necessarily that Pat put together in the first place but is more kind of team that Eric would want. And, and I just think there's a comfort zone that he has with his team, and I think that matters. I think we, he was a worn-out coach the past two years. We com- we we commented that he looked younger. Yes.
3: Yeah. He, <laughs> we yeah. we talked like we, we you brought it up. You said he looks like how Obama left the White House, and all of a sudden he's got a pep in his step. <laughs> he looks like he looks like a younger man. And I mean, he was he was look he was getting up. It looked like he was getting up there in age the last couple of years. So and, instead of the
2: White House, it's the White Side.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I guess so, right? I guess is that what happens? Like if if you get well, again, I don't want to, I don't want to bang on Hassan too much. He was introduced to <laughs> in Portland today. That's pretty to have good Alex. Terry but, Stotts is
2: gonna look so young in a couple of years.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he's gonna look so old this season, right? Like that's what's gonna end up <laughs> happening to Terry Stotts. Poor Terry Stotts. I, it is you cannot. Okay, I, I promised myself I wouldn't go here in this pod, but. I had heard from people in the organization, they told me just Hassan being off the roster was five wins. And, some, and somebody else today I talked to said, I think we underestimated it. It's closer to eight than nine. I, I just think that – My God. No, but it was just <laughs> – I don't think people really understood what a weight it was because this organization is not used to having guys go against the grain. Right, like you can you can be ultra competitive MFers, okay? Like Jimmy Butler is, and you can have an entourage like LeBron had. But ultimately, you you do, LeBron didn't challenge authority, you know, and pout the way that Hassan did, okay? And ultimately, what happened with LeBron a lot of the times it was other guys on the team, like Ray Allen and others, who would kind of and Rio who would kind of complain to LeBron about things and have LeBron or Dwayne, but sometimes LeBron be the point person who would take it to Fisdale or to Spolstra, usually Fisdale. So it, it's, it's, it was unusual to have a player like Hassan who was making that kind of money. And the money quote today to me was you, you, your best, the most important relationship in the organization is between the highest paid player and the head coach he didn't say the best player
3: (laughs) yeah that was
1: uh right right that was that
3: was striking when he
1: brought up highest paid highest paid player because that's the thing that butler and whiteside have in common it's not best player right because i don't know that hassan was ever the best player when
3: when have you heard Um, supposed to ever bring up salary before. Exactly. Never.
1: Never. That's pretty specific.
3: He doesn't talk about salary. He doesn't talk about money. He doesn't talk about his own money, much less anybody else's.
1: No, he's embarrassed by the whole thing with his contract getting out. He told us that. And the other quote that came out was he kept saying that Bam only cares about not just winning, but getting, bringing the best out of everybody else. And I will tell you now, and I've told this before, this isn't a trade secret, that, you know, what Eric used to tell me about Hassan was that his frustration with Hassan was not that Hassan wouldn't work. Hassan never understood that. Like, Hassan would always tell you about his work ethic. And nobody challenged the fact that Hassan, you know, worked out in the training, you know, in the workout room. Or that he had this incredible story and he had to get back from overseas in the G League or the D League or whatever. I mean, there's no doubt it. about
2: it. He's just chiseled.
1: He, he worked his ass off. He worked hard. He didn't work with that was always Eric's issue with him. Eric would say things to me like, you know, I want Hassan, when other guys are on the floor, I want him to put out his hand and pick those guys up, okay? I, I, want, him to, I want him to work with guys in the weight room. I want him to organize events. With, and that was the frustration that they had, that, that he would never do those things consistently. He would do them at times, but he wouldn't do it consistently. So now you've removed him from the roster. And instead, you've given out of bio more minutes. We talked to Kelly O'Linick today. I thought he looked extremely happy too, like a weight's off his shoulders, right? He's one of the, you know, he knows he's going to play. So I think all of those things played in. All right. Right after this break, we're going to get to number three, which has to do with the kind of roster that's been put together. But first, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Magic City Casino. You got to check out the high. It's J A I. It's for High Lie. If you never checked out High Lie, it's a quintessential. Miami sport, but that's not all. This is about. It's kind of like a nightclub too. They've got a full bar. They got a full menu. They've got indoor like lawn games and stuff. They've got the TVs. If you want to watch other sports, former UM players are out there playing highlight. You got to check out the high. You can bet on it. It's just a great night, and it ends early enough that you can still go to Wynwood. You can still go to South Beach. You can still go up to Hard Rock when that thing opens up uh, in late October. So you got to check out the high. It's JAI Magic City Casino. All right, let's get to number three here, guys. And I want to get to the versatility of the roster actually fourth. Let's get to one of the reasons why we think this could be such a versatile roster is because two guys came back in much better shape. Dion waiters and James Johnson. We talked to James Johnson on the pod and he took it personally, right? Like, I, I mean, he, I mean, basically told, I said, did you have to bite your tongue because you don't like to talk about injuries? He kind of indicated that he did. They both look different Dion said he worked his ass off this summer they're both closer to the end of those contracts what did you take from Dion and JJ today and how much of a contribution can we reasonably expect Alex
2: uh, so I was standing right next to Dion and right in front of JJ when we were doing the interviews and they both look noticeably slimmer Dion a little bit more so I think because that was more of his focus uh, but they both definitely look like they're in better shape than they were at uh, towards the end of last season, there's no doubt about it.
3: Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, I was. We didn't talk to Dion, um, and I wasn't there for his stand-up. Uh, Christopher Maddox, from uh, who was there with us from Light Skinned Opinions, he said that uh, Dion really didn't have a lot of patience for questions. I think he just wants to get to the season. He wants to. He said he has nothing to prove. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I, I think in his mind, he definitely feels like he has something to prove. I think the work he put in in the offseason um, reflects that. The thing I noticed about James Johnson was you saw some of the same things that you saw with Spo, where James Johnson has had like a frust- really frustrating, especially last season. And for a guy who likes to work, likes to contribute, wants to help on the floor, uh, prides himself on playing defense, playing both ways. You could tell he hasn't been healthy. And it wasn't just about not being healthy, and Spoke pointed this out in the press conference. He wasn't healthy, but he also couldn't get when he when he finally got healthy, he didn't have time to prepare. He didn't have a real offseason last year. So you see a guy, he looked great, right? He looked happy. He was joking around with us about MMA and uh who's the who's who's the who's the baddest guy in the heat. He said, um, "UD's worse than him because UD's crazy. <laughs> At least he's sane. But he seemed more fun. He seemed more outgoing. He seemed more positive. And I think that's because he shed some of that frustration of last year."
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's any question that the frustration kind of boiled over with him. And you know, the other thing is, you know, with James Johnson, and we've just got to be straight on this. Like, it, it was a three-month. You know, apex right in in a 10 year career
0: ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go nearly 2 million ohioans live with a mental health condition in the u.s more than 50 percent of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide so why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org.
1: And, you know, well, I, I, so I, I will think
3: say, it felt like that three month apex was three months of him hitting his potential. Finally, right. It wasn't. But, it didn't right, feel but, like he, such an outlier as far as, wow, he finally put it all together. Not like a Jeremy Lin situation where. Somehow he was just hitting a bunch of shots. Yeah, he's going back and forth with Kobe at Gabe winners. <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> so right. right, it, right. Did, it did feel good. It felt like, no, this is a guy who's always had all the tools, and now he's finally put them together.
1: Well, he put them together in part because we felt that, that Spolster and the coaching staff had found something for him that other coaches had not, right? And then you know, he has the sports hernia, and then he gets paid, and I think it's hard for fans to kind of separate the two things. Like, why all of a sudden – You know, is he not performing at the level he was before after he got a contract that really wasn't commensurate with the rest of his career? I I just think at this point, you know, I think they have to figure out with him. And I asked him, how much, you know, do you want to handle the ball? And he said he still wants to do it, but he needs to play off the ball, too. But but they need to figure out with him, I think. You know, are they going to be running a bunch of stuff through him like they were a couple of years ago? Or you know, are they going to be using him more? You know, sort of as a cutter and a rebounder. I think one of the frustrations you had with James Johnson when he played last year, when he was the starting four, he didn't rebound at all. Like he went, he would go through like twelve games without grabbing more than three rebounds in a game at playing the starting four. So is that just that he couldn't get up anymore? And, and he told, he, us, he, he told he told us he's one hundred percent now, Alf. So I mean, yeah, I, I think I,
3: he, I think he, he talked about the explosiveness is back he didn't have any explosiveness last last year and you could tell because he he wasn't playing defense and that was that's not a guy who he's never been a guy who doesn't play defense right um and then he kind of pointed out that I think he was trying to live up to that contract where you would see him try to do too much with the ball Mm -hmm. and I think we all we we would all get a little frustrated I used to have this thing that he sent at least one pass into the third row every single game. <laughs>
2: Souvenir for the fans, Al. He's in tickets.
0: <laughs> and Man it was like he was,
3: he was doing too much. And then you get frustrated because he's taking the ball out of other guys' hands. It felt like he was saying, listen, he's not trying to live up to a contract anymore. He's not trying to play outside of himself. He wants to play his game. He wants to play a role. And he, it felt like he was. he came to terms with his contract, came to terms with like I said, the frustration from last year. And now he just wants to go out and help this team whatever way possible. He doesn't, it doesn't feel like he has that pressure of, okay, I signed a big deal this summer, that 30 and 11 team. I was, I was a leader on it. I got I got to try to do the same things I was doing on that team because the team, the whole dynamic has changed, which is why we've been saying over and over again,
2: it's really nice to have a clear alpha again. See, I was actually going to say something similar about JJ because you're right about that. He's, he looks good. And it feels like it's the perfect timing of like, you know, no pressure, because as far as you're talking about, they were running office through him consistently beforehand. And now he's just going to be a productive role player off the bench. And it does make sense for, you know, him to be used, uh, you know, with the inverted pick and roll with Dion coming off the bench, uh, potentially, it feels like, you know, everything is kind of aligning right when it comes to those two players. And, uh, as far as what Dion was talking about earlier, mm. he kept saying he didn't have to prove himself because he knows in his head in his, in his head that it's all about the shape that he was in last year, the lack thereof. He kept saying right. it was all about just getting back into shape, getting back into shape. And JJ seems to kind of be saying all the same things. So it feels like, it's, you know, the timing is I, just I do great right now. Com-
3: I, th- I think they're coming from two different places. Like, I think – uh dion still not dion sees himself as a starter dion wants a major role on this team dion probably still thinks he's the best player on this team but he kept so, saying
2: when when he was asked about it he said starter or not i'm gonna play and he, he, he kept saying that like you know he wasn't up for the like well, i guess came, in his mind reporters trying to build up a narrative of him being uh you know somebody who wants all the shots or whatever he kept saying he was real Alex, relaxed talking about who he wants to be for the team
3: i mean i know it's i know, not, I know reporters, reporters. it's it's when you say six man of the year under his Instagram post, and he's like, "Nah," right. you know. Oh, no, that's uh, I didn't even see that. That's that was recent. <laughs> yeah, over the summer, like James Johnson mm. doesn't. He knows he's not a starter on this team anymore, and I think the comfortability with that role, like he's always been more comfortable coming off the bench. So, I I think he he's secure in that position, and I I I and I've said it a thousand times: Deion and JJ being healthy and being productive. Can turn this from a 45 win team to a fifty-win team. And I really believe that because it would give them one of the best second units in the league this year.
1: If right. But again, it depends who accepts the role in the second unit. And you're right about Dion. Like uh, it's so, it always makes me nervous. Like you want him in shape. More than you don't. Right. Like you want him in shape like and he's in great shape and credit to him for that. And he's getting closer to the end of that contract. It's halfway over. He's got two more years in it. It's not that unreasonable if he's if he's playing consistent minutes and then he's going to want another one. And he's not an old guy. I mean, he's I mean, we're not talking about somebody who's in his 30s. Like he has another he has another sizable contract in him if he performs well for the next two years, depending on where he is but I, it always makes me nervous. Like you're right. Like with James Johnson, if James Johnson is in shape, he just fits in, right? Like they will find a role for him and he'll be productive. And I asked him today, I asked JJ, I said, you know, do you want to be a leader? Cause remember he was one of the captains, right? Like, and he, he said, he's not, he doesn't want to do that anymore. Like he just, I, I think, I think honestly, James Johnson, and here's the difference between the two of them. I think James Johnson, he came off to me and we didn't sit down with Dion, but I did hear his group interview. James Johnson came off to me as sort of embarrassed about the way he played last year. Like I I think he's taken it to heart and I think he knows how much money he makes. He mentioned about how the fans have a certain reaction to him. And he even called it a
2: horrible season for himself. He called
1: it a horrible season. He talked about how, you know, he built this relationship with the fans. I think he was embarrassed by the situation. And so I think whatever role, he just wants to sort of blend in now, and whatever role they give him, he'll do it to the best of his ability. And if he ends up fulfilling his contract here, great. And if he ends up somewhere else, that's what happens. But he also said he, he's, he's raising his family here, like he wants to be in Miami. I think he's going to be fine, provided that he's healthy and they find the right role for him. Dion is a little bit of a different story. I, I don't think Dion is necessarily embarrassed about what happened last year. I think Dion you know, thinks the ankle was worse than anybody else really reacted to it but also that he got out of shape. There were some differences behind the scenes about the way that they approached that injury and the conditioning. If you've been following the team, you know that. And so, I, and, and the other thing with Dion is it always comes down to this. If he's totally healthy, he's going to want to be the man. It doesn't matter who else is on the court. Now I did notice that there were some really positive interactions with him and Jimmy Butler today. And that to me is the one relationship on this team worth monitoring the most. I think that if the two of them click and come to an understanding Jimmy can get to Dion and help make Dion the most effective possible player he can be, but if they clash, that's the one relationship on the team that worries me. But right? you know what's
3: funny when you when you look at that, who did Dion play some of his best basketball with before he came to Miami? with Russell Westbrook?
1: with Russell Westbrook, not with Kyrie Irving, but they didn't but Kyrie and and, and Dion are totally different personalities they didn't get along. but yes, Dion and Russ liked each other, and actually KD likes. Dion quite a bit but look at so,
3: but look at Russ's personality compared to Jimmy's there they have they're that similar si- they ha- yeah. they're similar so yeah they're similar you would think hopefully that those guys can they can get some of that the same relationship that him and Russ had
1: right I, I and I think that is a relationship worth monitoring and we're going to cover versatility here after the break want to tell you about another great sponsor the five Reasons sports network we share an office with them in North Miami they've been sponsoring our 305 lives they gave away a Jimmy Butler jersey it's the Seltzer Mayberg law firm you can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com or call 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including, but not limited to, car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets. They handled mine. They'll take care of it for $49.95 or up. And they've got a new 15,000 square foot office. We can attest to it. We record uh, podcast from there it's right there right off of i-95 in north miami but they also handle cases from all over the state so call now with 24 7 service for a free consultation one eight five 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 thousand law. let's get to these a little bit quicker here number four to me was the versatility of the roster eric spolster hit on this a little bit some of it does have to do with james johnson but some of it also has to do with what they decide to do with guys like Derek jones jr who we had a really good interview with today we'll be playing that for you and also with justice winslow so let's get to justice winslow first we didn't get a chance to sit down with him but he did have a group interview. He was he spent most of the day guys. We have photos of this him taking photos of other people. I mean he was like under the table with us, okay? Like <laughs> the, taking the, the <laughs> angles
3: that he was taking were weird, man. Were,
1: were weird. I ju- well, Justice is a different personality, man. Like I, I remember when when Justice came in and Amari Stanemara really liked him cuz they they shared this love of art. He has this relationship with Chris Bosh which tells you a little bit about you know, some of justice's interests because Chris has really diverse interests. Uh, But justice is not backing down from the point guard thing. He was asked about, you know, he said, he said, position matters. And then he kind of smiled and he said, and I don't want to play center. And of course, everybody (laughs) remembers what happened against Toronto in game seven. And that was forced uh, you know, in his rookie season, Uh, where do you think, and Goran was in good spirits today too. And I don't think they have a bad relationship at all, but where do you think this thing goes? He's not backing down from this guys. He wants to play point guard.
3: I don't think Spo would have it any other way. Like, I know that they want guys to fall in line, but they also don't want a bunch of just yes-men either. So, I mean, if he wants the ball in his hands, I think a lot of it is just terminology. And that's what – Spo was big on that today, just let's get away from the terminology of point guard, shooting guard, center. And I think – the funny thing is I think when when he wants to go away from those terms, it's all about justice and Goron. Because then he called Bam a center later, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess we do have names for positions. And it was funny, like James Johnson, he talked about how bad how badly Justice wants to play the one, and that's where he needs to be. He needs to have the ball in his hands. So I think what you're going to see is um, you might see Goron start with Justice, I, I, I or or maybe Dion. But if Goron starts with Justice. I think it's going to be one of those point guard and name only kind of things Mm -hmm. where they're to, they're just to, to kind of just, okay, guys, we don't care, but I know this is important to you. We'll give you the label. Or even if they give it to justice and they're going to say, Hey, justice is between you. um, We uh, Dion and Jimmy, you're all going to have the ball in your hand, but you know, to, to, to placate you, we're going to call you the point guard on the starting on, uh, in the starting lineup.
1: But you realize out so, but you realize I mean if, 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 if you're talking about Goran and Justice playing together, which I don't know if it works. I mean it, I don't it like it at it, all. It, it hasn't worked statistically, but if they're playing together, then that means that that Deion's coming off the bench because uh, I mean yeah. Jimmy Jimmy's the other Jimmy's, you know, the other perimeter
3: unless they start uh, unless they start Justice at the 3.
1: Well, even if they start Justice at the three and start Jimmy at the four, or I mean, Justice it, at the four, actually, yeah, see, so yeah, they, they don't want to do that. I mean, I, I think I, that, I think they'll go to some lineups like that, but I don't. I, I think they have four options at the four, I, and and one of them is Olenek, who I think is is the likely option because if you listen to Spo today. He, he, he did he, – he knows the numbers. I mean, it's funny. we will talk about how he doesn't focus on analytics that much and doesn't believe in one-game sample sizes. But then he talked about how he has his green and red, you know, for after games, for lineups. Like, he knows – trust me, Eric knows that Bam and olinic works. And when we talked to olinic today, he talked about the reasons it works. olinic's going to be the starting four when he's healthy. I it may not be at the start of the very start of the season because the knee situation, but he's going to be the starting four. Alex. Uh, you, I mean, I, I know you listened to justice a little bit today. Uh, what did you take from him other, other than the photography?
2: So um, once again, justice Winslow, just a fantastic defender because he was not having any of the point guard questions, man. Every single time that somebody tried asking about it, he was shutting it down saying he's going to do, you know, whatever the team needs. It's clear that, you know, They probably talked to him at some point about it after that comment that he made about wanting to be the starting point guard. But, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with what Al says. It feels like it's almost obvious that they're going to start together, you know, Goran and Justice. And they all seem pretty positive, man. I was there for Goran and Justice uh, press scrums. Both of them seem pretty positive about the the season going forward. I I think it's going to be fine. And the the kind of – the Kings will work out themselves. They both said, but especially Justice, kept emphasizing how uh, he wants to be the point guard, but that he wants to work for it. He kept saying, that's what, that, that's what I'm going to do is work for it myself and not talk about it, that nothing's given to me. Mm-hmm. So I think he's taking on the right mentality there.
1: Well, I've always noticed, I mean, I, this is a little behind the scenes here. I, 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 I've never really noticed, a, and maybe I'm wrong on this, like a really strong relationship between Goran and Justice, whereas I always did between Goran and Jay Rich. So I I don't know what the personal dynamic is there. I mean, they seem like the kind of people who would like each other, but I I don't know sort of what that is behind the scenes. I just don't seem to remember a lot of interactions between the two of them, whereas Goran kind of took Jay Rich under his wing a little bit when Jay Rich was working as a point guard when he first came in. Let's get to number five, and this jumped out. We haven't talked much about Jimmy Butler at all, and we only got a couple minutes to do it here. But uh, Jimmy was smiling. Jimmy was happy. Jimmy didn't do any one-on-ones today. He didn't do any group stuff. He, he did all that on Friday, but he took some pictures for people. Uh, but uh, this team is taking on Jimmy's personality already. When we talk to players in the team, they want the trash talk. They want him to go it. Uh, They want to prove that they can handle it. They want to go back at him. Uh, Then there was also an interview that Jimmy Butler did today with NBA TV where he said he talked about Tyler Harrow and said, basically, you tell Tyler Harrow to show up at the gym and he's there two hours earlier than he's supposed to be. Uh, What did you uh, what was sort of your reaction to this kind of a us against the world mentality that that all of them seem to have, but also embracing, you know, Jimmy as ass kicker behind the scenes and in practice.
3: Well, this is why you want an alpha on your team, right? So your team can take on an identity. And it was kind of perfect because you brought in Jimmy, who or, who had the mentality already that your team has t- been trying to embody for the last four or five seasons. So now you you bring him in, and he's the clear number one. He's the clear alpha. And everyone takes on that persona, that personality, even the guys who probably, for the most part, are a little more quiet. Uh, the Kelly Linux. Uh, Myers Leonard is not quiet. <laughs> no, that was, he's not. That, that was the best interview of the day. By, um, far. Yeah, by was, far, That guy, he's going to be become a fan favorite uh, pretty immediately. And I by keep- and,
1: and, and by the way, uh, he and L, he said he and L are coming on the pod with us. So just letting you know. That's happening. Jenna did a uh, video interview with him, but anyway, we're gonna play this the, the podcast with just Myers, but they're both coming on together.
3: I tweeted out that uh, the the Jack show uh, in the table interviews after the games. Oh yeah, God. with him and Myers, must see TV.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, um, don't, don't don't feed Jack's ego, but yeah, <laughs>
3: but uh, but uh, but with 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 the Jimmy situation, it just it's so, it just felt so right the whole day because everybody you ask. Hey, how about, how about the trash talk Is Jimmy coming after you? You're going to go right back at, at him. And every single person said, Oh no, we welcome it. We love it, but I'm not backing down. And it, it just, it, it just, I'm, and that's why I think he fans and the people in the organization that the, the positive vibe today, the energy was great. It's all because everything fits so well and things just, it things just look like
2: the dominoes are falling in place.
1: Uh, quick impression, Alex.
2: So uh, I kind of agree with everything Alf just said. As far as Jimmy goes, Uh, I wish we would have heard more from him, but I guess we already got that at the intro on Friday. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I was thinking because I've heard Ethan mention a lot of times as Justice being the guy with you know kind of that leadership in him uh, as a natural leader. But Justice and Goron, the two the two previous best players in the team, both kind of quieter, softer-spoken guys. I like that Jimmy is here to kind of you know invigorate them, get them going, be that loud, annoying guy that every team needs.
1: Yeah, and I noticed today that he was going around to some of the sort of lesser guys on the team and making them feel involved and giving them a hard time, which, again, is positive. And one of the strengths LeBron had – with the big three teams was LeBron was the guy who organized everything. Like LeBron sent the text to 14 other guys. Ray Allen said he never experienced that in Boston, 14 other guys on the road to go to breakfast. And that was always LeBron. I think Jimmy's going to be doing a lot of that. All right. Check out five reasons sports.com also at five reasons sports on Twitter. Thanks to Alf and to Alex. And we'll have plenty of podcasts this week. Again, I'll be up at training camp as will others. And now we got a word from Jason Jackson. All right, there are a lot of events in South Florida that you got to go to, but if you can only pick one, yeah, come on now, this is the one. I'm with Jason Jackson, you know him as the Jack Show. <laughs> the third year of this event, I don't want to disparage the guys that you roasted before, you shouldn't. But there's one three. Yeah. So what do you got going on? Jack Celebrity Roast Volume Three. Four, three. Like, this was always in the making, all the way back to when we started in
3: 2016 with Irie first and then uh, Jason Taylor. But uh, on October 12th at uh, One Hotel, uh, South Beach, we were roasting Dwayne Way. We've got Chris Spencer, Razor Davis, um, Jimmy Butler on the podium, as well as Udonis Haslem. I'm giving you a breaking story. It's not fully confirmed. But we'll all be together on October 12th. Everybody can get tickets at jackscelebrityroast.com. Uh, do not bring your mother, your faith healer, or your kids.
1: Sounds like a plan. So where do they go again? Where do they get it?
2: jackscelebrityroast.com. Buy your tickets now. There aren't many left. All
0: right.